London. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon here on a Wednesday. Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller with you for the next couple of hours. Thank you for spending some of your morning here with us as we come to you live from the Chicken Coop in West Des Moines, 60th and Ashworth in West Des Moines. We will be here until noon, and they are anticipating a big crowd of Cyclone fans. Uh, at least at this one, I anticipate Urbandale's location. Ankeny will be the same way as Iowa State kicks off at 445. We do have some breaking news on the uh, Cheez-It Bowl when it comes to Iowa State. We'll get to that in just a second. First, though, let's take a look at the BMW of Des Moines guest list, and we're going to head down to Orlando at the bottom of the hour. Our friend Dave Sproul uh, is in Orlando for KASI 1430 on the AM dial. That's where Iowa State plays in Story County. Dave Sproul will join us at 1030. We'll go from Orlando to Las Vegas with our friend Mike Palm from Circus Sports. VP of Operations at Circa. We will check the pulse of uh, sports betting uh, in Las Vegas. Of course, Circa here in the state of Iowa as well. You can download the app at the App Store. Mike Palm coming up at uh, 1045. 11.05, David Kaplan is here for the final time in 2021. Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors our friend David Kaplan. We'll catch up uh, with Cap at 11.05. And then do likewise with Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, about 11.25. Save some time at the end uh, to get back to uh, the Cheez-It Bowl with Iowa State getting set to play Clemson. The news that just broke, and how about the new kid on the block breaking the news, Nick Olson, uh, who takes over from Michael Swain, who did such a great job uh, at 24-7 Sports. Cyclone Alert broke the story that Mike Rose, due to injury, will not play uh, in today's Cheez-It Bowl. Looking at the depth chart, as I see you are doing am, the exact yes. same thing, seeing that Kendall Jackson is listed as the backup, but I would guess that it would be Vaughn, who we saw quite a bit this year, maybe some shuffling of the deck. Certainly, what a disappointing end oh. to the career, though, of Mike Rose, who is an all-timer. And, yep. you know, Brock Purdy wasn't around the last four years. I think Mike Rose would be in that elevated, mm. r- rarefied era of some of the greats that we talked about. But there's, there's a quarterback. Well, he's going to get all the attention. Right. Oh, that's the position. But that, you make an excellent point, Trent, because this kid started in day one. Mm-hmm. You know, his only offer was a, a Mac offer. Until Ball State. Campbell, right. Until Campbell comes uh, to Iowa State, brings him with him. He competes. Because do you remember we, we were working up the dial um, and – the conversation was, well, who's going to, is this Mike Rose kid or is it Ryan Vance? It's between right. those two uh, young linebackers who both were thought to have bright futures, but Mike Rose took that spot and never gave it up. And you're right. What a career that he had and what a disappointing way for it to end for him. Apparently he's not COVID. It's it's listed as injury-related. Uh, that's Nick, Nick Olson is his name? Correct? Olson, yeah. O-S-E. Noel. Noel. Nick, Nick Olson. Yes, Nick okay. Olson is the uh, the name of the newest 24-7 sports uh, venture there, and uh, he had the news. He will be out, a source tells, 24-7, cyclonealert.com. So congratulations, the first big scoop there for Nick Olson, O-S-E-N. And uh, hopefully we can get Nick on the program. I'm pretty sure we will. Yeah, he's done a lot of radio. Apparently he's done some. Uh, I looked at his resume when I saw that he's got mm-hmm. the, that he was uh, the 
a winner, I guess, of the competition to take that spot. So he's got the gig, and well, he gets you know disappointing news clearly sure. for his first big scoop uh, on the Iowa State beat, but uh, big news nonetheless. So we'll get into that bottom of the hour more. So uh, would promise it to be, I think, a pretty entertaining football game and a game really. Um, I, I can make a case Clemson's going to win. I can make a case Iowa State's going to win. I still wish I we, there was more clarity on Xavier Hutchinson. I guess as the game gets closer, we'll see if there's anything uh, to the fact that because um, I looked for the story again this morning, I couldn't find it. I don't think I'm making it up uh, <laughs> that uh, Xavier Hutchinson underwent thumb surgery um, after the TCU game and is in the you know, rehab recovery from that and. We'll see if he's able to answer the bell. Boy, it'd be a blow if he can't go. Right. Got more breaking news. Their wide receiver threat. Uh, so we'll, we'll see uh, what happens there. Um, John Madden. Yes. We, we have to spend a couple of minutes. I rewatched the documentary last night when uh, the news came out on Twitter that John Madden passed away at the age of 85. Have you seen it yet? I still haven't, and I'm disappointed because I watched that terrible game last night. Was, well, which between one? They were both stinkers. Minnesota and West Virginia. Yeah. I stayed up, almost made it to the end, and I, I shouldn't have. The field conditions, again, were absolutely brutal. It's something we did talked about yesterday. Did you make that point yesterday? I think yeah. you did, right, with the baseball field. Yeah. You have to be always cognizant of that, and if you're playing totals, it is a huge, huge part of it. In-game totals. And it happened again yesterday, going back to the first game, the Houston game uh, against Auburn. In-game totals, in-bowl games, I think are, is a, maybe that's maybe the opportunity that you can find because it just feels like early on in these bowl games, you know kind of the way it's going to play out. Right. It feels like you can tell right away. Well, look at what Texas Tech did. Took yes. Up, in a minute in the game, they were up 7-zip. And coasted from there. <laughs> just an absolutely dominating performance. But something to keep an eye on. Something to keep an eye on with all these different ones because a lot of times – there are even fields that are used, but they're used for high school games and the like. It's just a completely different level, and you're going to see that play out. But unfortunately, no, I didn't watch it. I'm kicking myself that I didn't. And, and just what crazy timing. It, it felt so yes. surreal yesterday after all this conversation. A guy that just isn't part of the lexicon anymore had become part of the conversation over the last week, and now, just like gone. that, he's gone. Uh I mean, Trent, his impact on the game of football, and I learned something today that I had no idea about when it comes to John Madden. Every single football game that we watch and have watched for the last 20 years impacts us to this day. We're going to watch football today, and we'll see something that popped into John Madden's head that is now part of our football view. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? No. The yellow line, the first down marker. <laughs> I didn't know John. John Madden's in a well, there's my headset. In we'll a, get you. Yeah, in a production meeting, and I think he was at Fox at the time. He he signed his thirty-two million dollar. I don't want to say it because I don't want to spoil anything for those people who haven't seen it. Uh, it's signed, Fox brought him over when Fox got the NFL. Yes. Right? Yep. And they thought that, you know, I can remember the conversation, oh, they're going to turn John Madden into Homer Simpson, because that's all they were, right? You're right. Uh, at, at the time. And they wanted credibility, and who better than to get Madden and Summerall? So they did. So they're in a production meeting one day, and John Madden comes up with, at the time, this off-the-wall idea. Why can't we show the viewers where the first down marker is? And, oh, we can't do that. It'll distract too many people. Mm-hmm. Nobody will want that. Put it in. And can you imagine watching a football game without it? No. In fact, going back and watching old games, you know, ESPN Classic or just a replay, and they don't have them. Right. And it's, 
it's jarring. <laughs> it's jarring not having that out there. And you're looking, and of course, back then too, we didn't have HDTV. So no. you're, you're kind of you're squinting to see yeah. where was that first down marker? Where, where exactly is it? Right. How close are they? Yeah, it's a completely different world. I remember the technology when it first happened, and my buddies and I talking about it. How how do they have it where they're standing on the line, but their foot? <laughs> Is not is not like overimposed. How do they do that? I, I don't understand the technology. And then we found an article that was talking about it. The mm-hmm. technology where basically it erases the field line and then puts that line underneath, if you will, and they can stand on it without their foot you know, looking yellow. Well, like you, you think of John Madden, right? And he and he wears this as a badge of honor. He's disheveled, looks like he just got out of bed. Yeah. And, and and he he appreciated those comments when that was said or written about him because that's kind of the guy that he was. But for him to be sitting in a in a production meeting in the '90s and to come up with that, I mean, that's you look at that guy. I mean, you're a football coach. You're this is the last guy that's going to come up with something to this day. Uh, maintains his place. I mean, the Telestrator. You know, the, the czar, the Telestrator in basketball? Uh-uh. Right. John Madden was the first guy to do that. And him and Summerall, um, one of Madden's kids, when they talked about that marriage coming together, he's got a line in the in the documentary. It's like, in his, and I'm quoting him, he says, it's like when peanut butter met jelly for the first time. Right? <laughs> I mean, it just goes hand in hand. And, and they were so, one was so understated, Pat Summerall. Mm-hmm. One was so boisterous. And uh, just uh, the impact on the game of football. I'm not sure there's a bigger, a, a person that had a bigger impact on football than what he did. Think about it. The coaching. The the Madden. I've never played a video game in my life. Well, so and I, that's a huge part of it's it. It's a huge for part my of it. generation. I yep. And and for, I know you're. That's not you, but for youngsters growing up and, and having his name attached to it. There are football games, or crappy Nintendo games, a ten yard fight, and the first Tecmo Bowl. The second one was great, but you get Madden and you get to hear him. And though the graphics early on were not great, it was still it was also learning the game. You know, and now everyone feels like they can be an offensive coordinator. Yeah. Everybody knows right. you know, why Brian Farron sucks. It's because <laughs> you're sitting there and you're playing Madden. Well, I can score 50 points a game. What's wrong with this guy? And I think that's a big part of it because of what people did playing these video games and Madden and having his name attached to it, mm-hmm. but not just having his name attached. And I remember seeing a documentary about this years ago just about the game and how important it was for him to make a real football game. To make this as real as possible. Well, when they came out, Trent, and, and again, technology is not my friend, and I, I've never played a video, but the guy that invented EA Sports, mm-hmm. at the time, whenever this was, whenever it happened, is it, is it the 80s? Yeah, 88 okay. was the first time the game came so out. So the, the game comes out in the 80s, and obviously uh, computers and that kind of stuff were pretty new. He didn't think that he could have... 11 on 11. Right. And Madden wouldn't put his name on it. Yep. No, that's not football. Right. I'm not going to be a part of this unless we can make it realistic. So they found a way to do it. And the rest is history, right? Lamar Jackson is part of this piece. And, of course, Madden was done before he even got to Louisville, for crying out loud. But you sh- wait till you hear him and what and, – and Patrick Mahomes being on the cover – of this Madden, uh, of the Madden game meant to these two guys. Hall of Fame coach, Hall of Fame broadcaster, um, and, and his impact on business and on how we watch the games today with the yellow line. And I found that out this morning. I, I knew about it, obviously, mm-hmm. but had no idea that he was behind it. His bus driver, Willie Yarborough, yeah. um, who drove the bus, the Madden crew. I can remember, Trent, getting called. We're on the jock, Dyer and I, 
and, and the station was like 3580, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, where was it? Uh, what's that street? Northeast 14th? Mm-hmm. Northeast 14th, just north of the interstate there. And the Madden Cruiser would go by, and we would have people on their cell phones calling, following. Oh, really? Following the Madden Cruiser. This guy was, he never met a stranger. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would stop. Uh, he would talk to people, um, talk to the public at rest stops, whatever, signed every kid's autograph that wanted to be a part of it, took every picture that was asked of him. What a, what a, what a life. And thinking back of those days, just how important it was for Madden to call one of your games as a child of the 80s. Wait till you're Peyton Madding opine on that. Really? Yeah. Oh. It just, it was so important. It was so yes. impactful to have him there and talking about your team. And then you get to the Super Bowl. And there were a lot of crappy Super Bowls, you remember, back then. Oh. And it was, you're happy Madden was there because he was going to keep it entertaining. He was going to keep it interesting. He was going to explain what you saw. And his way to be able to simplify the game for everybody, yet also bring you something that you don't get with every broadcast. Right. You think of other broadcasters back then. You think of the Super Bowl, the years that was on NBC back in the 80s, like, oh, great, we get Bob Trumpy. <laughs> yeah. But but the years it was on CBS and, and Madden was there, it was, all right, this is a yeah. big game. Even if the Broncos are going to get beat by 40, you knew he was going to keep you into the Bob game. <laughs> it was it, just. And why a complete... would you have to bring up the Broncos getting beat? <laughs> well, because we're talking about the 80s. And it was. And, and, and the teams getting embarrassed. Yes. They, 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 they it qualified. was hand in hand. It was yeah. hand in hand. You yeah. got your titles afterwards. I, yeah. It was so, so good. It just the way that he, I think, simplified the game for yep. so many people. You're right. Find a person that is as important as him, certainly over the last mm. quarter, over the last half century. Oh, 50 years. Yeah, I mean, you sure. can go back to the origins of the game and those kind of things. But yeah, Vince Lombardi had a pretty big role. Right, but since the 70s? Of, yeah, nobody. I don't think there's anybody even nobody. close. Uh, and he said, Trent, I'm never going to coach again. He didn't coach again. Didn't coach again. And you got to respect that, right? Yes, yeah. I mean, how many guys say that and then uh, mm-hmm. they miss it and they come back? And that's all perfectly well and good, but... If you didn't set the DVR, there is going to be a lot of replays of this yes. also. I saw that. Tomorrow night, Big Fox has it. Big Tomorrow, Fox I think has 8 it. 8 o'clock, FS1 has it. Tonight. Yep. Folks, if you're a sports fan and, and if you're listening to us, there's a pretty good chance you are. And if you haven't seen it, it is so worthwhile. This is so important to... I mean, we lived this, right? We lived this for crying out loud. The, the turducken guy. Yes. He normally sold 250 of these. That guy was based in New Orleans. And they were doing a, uh, they were doing a game there and... Came up with Turducken, sold 250 Madden, put it on TV. They had 6,000 orders for a Turducken. Saved his business. That's awesome. Oh, it's amazing. So many of these things. We got a phone call here. John is joining us. He's got a John Madden story for us. John, what's happening this morning? Oh, man, guys. This is, you know, this is the worst part about getting old. It really is. Um, The the people that you admired, um, you know, you guys know I grew up in the Bay Area. John Madden became the coach of the Raiders, I think, when I was 10 coached until I was 19. You know, those are really big years for a sports fan. Um, sure. And, and, and so he, it, those teams were, were so great. I, I had the opportunity to have him on my show when I was doing what you guys do. And a partner and I were going through every position in football, and we were talking about who we thought was the best in the NFL ever at, this, at that position. And this was in like 95 or something. And we were having different guests on to help us with that. And we had Madden on and um, <clears throat> we were talking about some other position. I don't remember what it was. He said, who's your cornerback? And I said, well, um, we're talking like night train lane and Jimmy Johnson. And, um, you know, Deion Sanders was active at that time, but was awesome. And he said, forget it. He said, you guys are way off. He said, Willie Brown was not uh-huh. only the best corner to ever play the game. He was the best 
football player to ever play the game. And, you know, back then, people, Jerry Rice was kind of that guy, was so much better than anyone else at his position that he was in the conversation as the best player ever at any position. John Madden was having none of that. It was Willie Brown. Um, I got a chance to meet him some years later. I'm out of the broadcast business. I'm doing mortgages, and I'm working for a company that advertised on the radio station where he did a daily show. He did like five minutes every morning, not just during football season, every morning with the news talk, the top news talk station in San Francisco. And they had a thing for advertisers at his place, at his TV studio place in Pleasanton. He owned about three quarters of downtown Pleasanton. I and mean, this guy was brilliant <laughs> at everything. You guys talk about the yellow line and everything he touched, he was brilliant at because he never stopped thinking, how can we make it better? And anyway, so I got to see a turducken and I got to talk to him and I, I recalled that conversation that I had with him and he was, he didn't back off it at all. You know, Willie Brown, that's your guy. That's the best player. Um, so I just wanted to, to chime in today and, and echo what you guys are saying, that this is a huge loss because of his impact on football. You guys, you nailed it. When he went to, into the broadcast booth, he changed football for everyone. And, and Fox, I remember when, when Fox, it was announced he was, Fox was getting the NFL and people were joking about it because married with children, and Simpsons, and not only that, Simpsons, but like right. married with children, I remember a, a, a scene where in, in the show, they said, okay, assume Fox viewing positions, and, and they had to wave the antenna in a certain way and stand with their arms and legs in a certain position to bring in the Fox channel, because <laughs> <laughs> they had lousy stations in every market, and, uh-huh. and so it was like, oh my God, how can they have the NFL? We won't be able to see the games, and then once... Yeah. Madden got over there. None of that matter. Figured out how to see the games. I mean, it was... Well, they, it was he brought all the crew with him from CBS. It was instant credibility. Before he took the job, he wanted to meet with a guy by the name of Rupert Murdoch, who owns the Foxes, yeah. to make sure that they were serious. I mean, if I'm coming over here, I want you guys to be serious. They hired all the best, and look, to this day, uh, that's where... I, 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 one more, still one more thing. I know you guys are, are pushed. I one more story I want to get in. I played golf with Ted Hendricks in a celebrity golf thing in Phoenix. And he told the stork, he told me about a, a game they played in Miami. And this was, I think, the last year Madden coached. And, and people are not talking much about it today in the obits, but he, he had a fear of flying. He called it claustrophobia, but it was a fear of flying. And it was because when he was in San Luis Obispo in, in, in college, the, his team went on a road trip he did not go on. And the plane crashed and everybody died. Wow, I didn't and know that. Yeah, and, and he, he never liked flying after that. And, and that's, and, and Hendrick said they were playing in Miami and the entire second half, John Madden was on the, laying on the bench, hyperventilating because of the flight home. Yep. You know, Miami to Oakland. And, uh, yeah, that's, a, that's, it's part that's of the, have you flight. seen, did you see the documentary, John? I, I, I haven't. It's, it's on Fox. I have not. It's on. It's on tomorrow night, and it's on FS1 tonight. But that's a big part of it. Um, uh, the, his fear of flying, and he said he'd never do it again. Yeah. First of all, he started taking trains, and then they came up. It was actually Dolly Parton's bus was the first bus that they used. Uh, they had to get to an event, and then they got the Madden Cruiser, and then Outback Steakhouse yeah. sponsored it, and uh, it just crisscrossed well, when you talk the about country. It, he never went back into coaching. 
that's why he never went back into coaching. There's no way yeah. he could have been a coach and not gotten on an airplane. And so that was easy. Just, okay, I'm not doing that. Yep. What, what am I going to do now? Well, it worked for Urban Meyer. Like, Actually, I guess a good time. Time. is a little different. You know, <laughs> yeah. thank you for, uh, for, for giving this the time it deserves. I, I'm, I'm glad that it you does. did. It does. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Thank John. you, John. Appreciate you listening. You're 100% right. It deserves it. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy was the, the impact that he had should never be lost on anybody. Please, folks, do yourselves a favor. If you can't watch it live, record the damn thing. Mm-hmm. You'll be glad that you did. Just a massive, massive, massive story. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, one of the all-time greats, and I think he said it incredibly well. So impactful uh. to football. And your generation, uh-huh. my generation, where does that generation stop? Because normally a broadcaster retires and it's pretty easy, but think of the kids that are still playing Madden to this day. That's the only way they know this guy. Yeah. They don't know him. They know the game. The they know the, the game. game. You're right. The, uh, the, the game Madden. I um, heard uh, Bill Simmons with the Bill Simmons podcast and the uh, Ringer Network that he has. He said his son, who is, I think, 13, 14, something like that, said, John Madden was a broadcaster? <laughs> because he's just the game. Sure. He's just the game. And that's, okay. that's how young kids know him but how impactful that is still oh. to this day and, and the impact that do you remember the all madden team oh yes how important it was for the players mm-hmm. to be uh, to be named to the yeah all pro the hell with all pro, pro right. i want to be if i'm not on all madden i didn't have a good year and and how important that was to them to be named to it i mean he made nate newton Oh, yes, <laughs> a left guard and a household name, right? Nate, he loved Nate Newton, and maybe that was the the lineman in in John Madden that he because he pointed out the line play. He taught line play as part of his broadcast, and and made it easy to understand what the offensive line is doing and how the defense is trying to counteract it. And oh my gosh, it's so good, Trent. Watch the damn thing. I, I gotta gotta make it happen, and it's gonna be tough tonight. But we'll we'll find. No, a way. I get it. Yeah, t- tonight's probably not tonight, but we got some time. Although the two little kids, I, I certainly get that. Uh, games yesterday, um, uh, Minnesota, West Virginia. Just real quick on this, yeah. I, I didn't. I saw the half, first half. Well, That's this, all you needed to see. It was man, West Virginia. I know they scored somehow to make it eight six. And of all people, Daggy ran the ball into the end zone. Trent, the the thirty minutes of football I saw. And there was not one minute of it. I thought, oh, West Virginia's going to win this football game. No, and it didn't change in the second half. They couldn't do anything offensively. Minnesota, Tanner Morgan, watching this guy. How did he play? Not I great. I mean, that second half-wise. Not great. It's just the regression from what he was as a sophomore. Yeah. I thought this guy was destined for the league. Yeah, he's not the biggest guy, but he made every throw, and now he's fallen over. He's just... And he's coming I, back, right? Yeah, I think he's coming back. Yeah, I, I don't remember a regression... Yeah. Like this, a guy that was playing at such a high level early in his career, and now he's bad. Not even an Iowa quarterback? Well, I no. <laughs> really? No, nothing like this. Because you look at guys like Drew Tate or Ricky Stanton. No, not those two. Those guys. Christensen, maybe? He was terrible from the get-go, I thought. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Same thing with Petrus. I mean, I just don't see a guy that was an elite-level quarterback, and now he is bad and coming back for another year. Mm-hmm. All right, you got somebody with experience, but. Boy, if I was a Gopher fan, I might be ready to move on. That big offensive line, he's not going to have that next season. And uh, How get, about the big kids? Getting the touchdown for Lely early, that was great. Yeah, yeah, it was. I, I give Phil Fleck a hard time. Mm-hmm. But Coach. He has built a program that is right there. They're going to have an opportunity, I think, in the next couple of seasons to finally break through, get to that yep. championship game. Had the great game a year, two years ago. Of course, Iowa ended their undefeated streak, but... He is. Who did they beat the week before? Penn State? 
before Iowa? Yes. Yeah, yep. It was a big game. I mean, it was in Mini, right? It was. Yeah. It was a he's built something that's sustainable there that yep. you can continue to win and win the way that you have to when you're playing outdoors in Minnesota in November. Something our neighbors to the west maybe should look at and understand. I was watching Air Force yesterday. I just love watching you know the old How about that? they finished with ten wins. Yeah, and watching them and saying, I understand you have to evolve. Nebraska, why don't you go uh, back to not a pure triple option, right. but more I know there's option elements of what they do, but it feels like an opportunity is there, isn't there? In today's college football, and especially well, what they're doing is not working Trent. in the Big Ten West. Yeah. Wouldn't it make sense to go back to at least your roots and more of a level than what we're seeing right now? I think at Coastal Carolina, who basically does run the triple option, they just do it out of the shotgun. And it's a power option game, if you will, that they run. A spread option, I think, is what they call it. Wouldn't something like that work at Nebraska? Because Minnesota's been able to build and become Wisconsin light. Yep. Iowa, yep. they do their things a certain way. Nebraska, they're just over there flailing away doing Stupid things, and I love watching Air Force. I love the service academies. Remind me next bowl season, just bet on the service academies in the bowl games. Don't do anything else. Man, they're good come bowl time. No, they really are. Uh, No doubt about that. How about Dana Holgerson, by the way, just real quick? Yeah. What an awful look out of him. Bitching because he had to wait to do his press conference. I liked it. Bitching, though. That's his first. Did you have an opening statement? Yeah. And then just goes off. we got to get a timeout. We'll do that. We'll come back. Dave Sproul will join us from Orlando. He's next. We'll get the latest. If you're just joining us, Mike Rose, his career at Iowa State is over. Suffered an injury. Not sure when, but uh, Nick Osen. 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 Uh, the newbie at 24-7 Sports broke the story this morning. Mike Rose, out of the cheese bowl We're Miller and Condon. We're live at the Chicken Coop. West Des Moines, 60th and Ashworth in West Des Moines. We'll be back with Iowa State Conversation next on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. I've been around for a long, long year. Stole many a man. 800 bets off. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO, live from the Chicken Coop, West Des Moines. Three locations for the Chicken Coop, Urbandale, Ankeny, and here in West Des Moines. And they, of course, will have all the bowl games on. But if you're an Iowa State fan looking for a place to watch it amongst your fellow Iowa State fans, I know the Chicken Coop, there will be a bunch of Cardinal and Gold wearing patrons as they make their way uh, here today. Why wouldn't you? They have the best wings in the city. And I'm not saying this just because I'm here. I've said it many times when I'm not here. Unbelievable and looking forward to clobbering uh, 10 or so of those uh, here tonight. Yeah, what was the last time we were up in the Ankeny location? Yep. You were going to save half for the next day. Yeah, there's no shot. And, uh, <laughs> and I was so stuffed when I got done, too, but I, I couldn't stop. Uh, anyways, let's talk some Iowa State, shall we? Dave Sproul, let's head to Orlando. You can hear Dave on 1430 in Ames. That's uh, where Iowa State plays in Story County. Dave Sproul in Orlando. Dave, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on here today. There's some news uh, emanating from Orlando regarding the Cyclones. Dave, how are you? I'm pretty well. I'm, apparently, I'm doing better than Mike Rose, I guess. Yeah, yeah that's too bad uh, that he's not going to be able to play his final game as a Cyclone. What an impact he had uh, on, on this program and on that defense and did so from from the jump, right? The very first game, uh, they threw him into the lineup and they basically stayed there for his entire career. David's an injury, apparently not COVID-related. Do you know anything more? 
No, I, I'm as caught off guard as by as anybody else here. And you know, part of me wonders maybe if it is related to the previous injury that cost him the West Virginia game, and maybe it's not fully healed to the point where he's willing to take a risk of making it worse uh, out here in a bowl game when he probably has an NFL future ahead of him and wants to protect that future, or maybe something uh, cropped up during practices leading up to this game. So it could be, I think those are probably the two most likely explanations. Uh, but, you know, any way you slice it, that, that is a big blow for this uh, Iowa State defense when it comes to this matchup with, with Clemson. And you're right about, you know, his impact on, on this team. We talk about Brock Purdy a lot and guys like that who are culture changers. But you can, you can argue Rose is as important, maybe even more so in some ways, because Rose is a guy who, like you said, started from day one. And, yep. you know, Purdy came on a little, a little later in that same season. But, but Rose had that full faith and confidence of, of Matt Campbell and provided some proof of concept and, and showed what, you know, Campbell could do in terms of talent evaluation and bringing top players to, to Iowa State, even some guys who, like Rose, maybe were a little under the radar and not rated as high as a, you would suspect a guy who had that kind of impact. 49 career starts for Mike Rose comes to is an that end. how many it is? Wow. 49, and uh, the all-time leader for at least the current crop of Cyclones. Listed as the backup, Kendall Jackson, kid here from the Metro. We've uh, seen some shuffling around. We see more of Gary Vaughn than anybody outside of the next group of linebackers. Do you anticipate, Dave, we're going to see some adjustments, some changing? Maybe it's, it's Vance moving over to that same spot. What do you anticipate is going to happen here and, and how the linebacker trio looks when they come out this afternoon? Yeah, we could do some shuffling because we saw, we've seen that before, not only with Rose missing that West Virginia game, but with uh, other games and, you know, other linebackers getting uh, banged up a bit. So, yeah, you could move on around a little bit. Uh, Kendall Jackson will probably have to play. Uh, otherwise, they're going free. You might go off the depth chart altogether and bring in somebody who else who we haven't seen much of at all uh, this season and uh, maybe doesn't uh, have that experience factor. And Kendall Jackson's a guy we – I remember talking to you guys back before the season – you know, when uh, the, the Iowa State assistant coaches came out during training camp and talked about the position group, and Kendall Jackson was getting a lot of praise to a degree I thought he was going to play more uh, during the season, but that's a thing that happens sometimes. You talk about the guy who's improved the most, and guys can go from, you know, walk-on caliber to, to doing some stuff to impress the coaches that doesn't necessarily translate to playing time, but uh, he's definitely a guy, you know, the, the coaches have seen some things in him, and so uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets some you know, extended playing time even today. You know, we talked about this yesterday, Dave, just the 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 Xavier Hutchinson potential uh, of him missing this game as well as he had surgery to clean up a thumb uh, after the regular season came to an end. I don't know if there's – have you heard anything more whether he's going to be available? Now I'm seeing rumors that there might be an offensive lineman, uh, Colin Newell, that might not be able to answer the bell. Might there be more th- uh, bad news other than just the Mike Rose news that broke this morning? Yeah, I haven't heard anything that uh, I could uh, confidently pass along at this point, uh, but it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, we know that uh, Matt Campbell's very, very uh, protective when it comes to injury news and doesn't like to give out a lot of info, so we might find, find out as we get closer to kickoff or when the guys take the field for warm-ups, maybe some guys aren't in uniform that you expect, and you'll, yep. you'll see uh, then uh, exactly who might or might not be playing. So, yeah, it wouldn't totally shock me that, you know, some guys just can't, go or maybe just want to play it safe and think about the future, then you'll bow out of a game that's, I don't want to say meaningless, because the guys who are here, they want to play. I'm sure those guys would rather play than sit out 
you know, if they were 100%, they'd absolutely go. Uh, but uh, when it comes right down to it, this isn't the most meaningful game in the world, even though you're playing a high-profile opponent and you've got a nice national time slot for this game, and it's one of the highest-level uh, bowls that Iowa State has played in. So I'm sure that a lot of guys want to play, but you also got to balance that with protecting your future, whether you're coming back for another season at Iowa State next year or moving on to the pro rank. So if, if Hutchinson can't go, if the thumb does prevent him from you know from playing today because he can't catch the football, we know Skates has left the program. So that would be Sean Shaw, uh, Porter, and uh, seventeen um, Wilson. Those would be the three guys behind Xavier. We know Jalen Noll, different position, and he'll have his impact on the game. You would assume because I think he's got the uh, a nice career ahead of him. But if it's not Hutchinson, who steps up? Do you think, Dave? I would think Sean Shaw, but, you know, if uh, he were in a position to step up, I guess he probably would have done so by now and, and been that reliable two or three wideouts that, that Iowa State's been looking for. Gary uh, Porter is kind of interesting to me because he brings a ton of speed uh, to, to the uh-huh. field. But, uh, you know, again, not a, a guy who's had a lot of playing time, and that, that means, you know, there's other areas he needs to improve on. So. I wouldn't be surprised if you see all those guys out there, even with Hutchinson. If, if Hutchinson can go, you might see a lot of those guys out there because Iowa State's still going to need receivers on the field. You've still got to put 11 guys out there. So, uh, you, you, and you can't have uh, Charlie Kohler and Chase Allen smashing heads on every single down in that, in that game. So you, you'll need some receivers to step up, whether it's Hutchinson out there or not. Dave, we know how good this Clemson defense is. They've had some yep. uh, injury concerns that have cropped up for them still. Offensive line, um, questions remain there. Of course, we know no Brees Hall. Is this as simple as Brock Purdy is going to have to win this football game? If Iowa State is going to get the W this afternoon, it's going to come out of the hands of Brock Purdy and maybe the legs a little bit too. Yeah, I mean, General Brock could do some things. He showed some nice flashes against TCU. Just, he didn't have a lot of carries, but he had some nice big runs for Iowa State, so we know that uh, he's capable of doing some things. Uh, we just haven't seen him get that opportunity because Brees Hall has been so good actually uh, get 20, 25 carries a game and, and really grind it out. But, yeah, I, I think it's very reasonable to think uh, you're going to have to put a lot of the game plan on Brock Purdy's shoulders here. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I don't think it's a good formula for Iowa State to have the quarterback throw 50 times a game. But if you have to do it today to win, then maybe that's what you have to do. But, you know, the, the best case scenario for Iowa State is that Jairo Brock steps up and gets you know, three or four yards to carry, makes, maybe breaks off some, some bigger runs and takes some of that pressure off of Purdy. That's going to be awfully tough to do because uh, the way this Clemson defense plays, uh, they've, been, they've been able to shut down better uh, offenses than Iowa State this season. Well, we'll see if there's the best wide receiver can't go and one of the best running backs in all of college football can't go. Uh, and we know Mike Rose isn't going to be able mm-hmm. to go. We know Ashim Young has left the program, and he played a massive, massive role. I'm, I wonder what the point spread's doing on this game. Uh, Dave, uh, back, to, back to yesterday. Did you partake at all in any of the, uh, the rallies, et cetera? And uh, I saw some of the pictures that were sent back to Iowa, whether it be on Twitter, some of the local news feeds that are down there. seemed like, uh, like it's not to the numbers that we've seen Iowa State fans get to bowl games in the past, but the, the fan base certainly didn't embarrass themselves by not showing up. Yeah, and the, the area where the pep rally was played last night, it's sort of like a power and light district type of setup. A lot of uh, restaurants and bars and 
you know, a few shops in that area, and but, a, you know, good gathering space. It's a little bit tighter in terms of the open space. There's not a great big Kansas City lifestyle open space there, so it's very compact, and so for both teams, they could, you know, really make it look like they might have been bigger than they are. It's not to take anything away from the turnout, but with all the factors that we know about with, the, you know, the downturn in the economy, not as many people can maybe afford this trip, and with the, the pandemic still ongoing, people might not feel safe making the trip. And the fact that this one's, you know, this is a more expensive area to go to than some of the other bowl destinations. Those are all factored in. So, yeah, it's not as big a, a crowd as we might uh, have seen from the past in, in Iowa State bowl games. But they're loud and they're proud, the ones who made it. And they're here in good numbers, all things considered. So uh, it's another great turnout. It'll be interesting to see, you know, what it's like in the stadium, how many folks there are wearing the Cardinal and gold and how many are wearing the orange and white. Or maybe just go with the uh, Dabo Sweeney all orange jumpsuit look. <laughs> that was a good look. My God, he's either coming out of uh, coming out of a tree stand or headed to prison uh, with that look. Uh, Dave, last thing for you: Will you be back in time to get to Hilton for one versus eight on Saturday afternoon? Yep, coming back tomorrow, so I'll, I'll be uh, at Hilton. It's going to be sold out. It's going to be crazy. The students won't yep. be there, but all the the seating area that was sold to students was sold to the general public instead, and that sold was out as well. Good? So. Uh, yeah, that, that's typically what Iowa State does during the, the breaks when the students are away. So it's going to be packed. It's going to be loud. It's going to be a battle of unbeaten. Yeah. And cross your fingers, nothing yeah. props up with, with COVID to, to prevent that game from happening because it's going to be a big-time fun atmosphere uh, there in Hilton at 1 o'clock Saturday afternoon. Uh, Dave, do us a favor. If you do hear anything regarding Hutchinson or, so, or the Newell rumor that's uh, floating around out there, uh, text me, would you? Or, or put it on Twitter or whatever just so we can see it because I think there's something to the fact. Xavier Hutchinson, uh, pretty iffy for today's game. We'll watch it. Dave Sproul, thank you for doing this for us uh, yesterday and again today, Dave. We appreciate it. We will uh, speak with you next week. Uh, safe trip coming home. Thanks, Dave Sproul. Appreciate you guys. Thanks so much. Good to talk to you. Dave Sproul, 1430 KASI in Ames. That's the home of Iowa State in Story County. Boy, no Hutchinson, maybe. No Brees Hall, for sure. No Mike Rose, for, for sure. sure. No Aishim Young, for sure. What offensive lineman are you hearing? Or is it just Colin Newell? <laughs> yeah. Colin Newell. Right in the center of that offensive line. Like in the under in this game. Oh, boy. Um,. You you said it, Brock. I mean, Brock Purdy's going to be, you know, he plays a pretty important role yeah, in the other right. twelve too. But this one, and I said yesterday, I think this is a Chase Allen game. I really do. Chase Allen because Kohler's going to get their undivided attention, especially yeah. if there's no Hutchinson. Because no offense to uh, Sean Shaw and to Wilson and to um, 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 the, the other one, um, they just haven't shown. No, right. They haven't shown that they're ready for this. So Gary and Porter coming out, Porter, Porter. 16, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll see. Anyways, take the time out. We'll head to Vegas. Mike Palm, Circa Sports. They had the Carson Wentz injury new, or COVID news before. Not Circa, but Vegas did before anybody else. You don't think they're in the know? <laughs> Boy, they got some sources, don't they? We'll be back. Miller and Condor, we're live at the Chicken Coop. We're in West Des Moines, 60th and Ashworth. All of these Beautiful, huge televisions will be tuned in at 445 to Iowa State Clemson. Come on down. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon live at the Chicken Coop in West Des Moines, 60th and Ashworth in West Des Moines, one of three chicken coops in 
uh, the Des Moines Metro, Urbandale, and Ankeny, the other two. Let's head to Vegas, shall we? The VP of Ops, he's our friend, Mike Palm, native <laughs> Iowan. Uh, he joins us. Mike, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. Happy New Year, Mike Palm. How are you? Good morning, guys. How are you? It's a uh, brisk 40-degree morning here in Las Vegas, but I'm sure a little chillier there. I know you guys got some snow yesterday. We did, and uh, a little bit more apparently to come. You know what? You know it well. You grew up in it, walked to school in it. and uh, <laughs> We're living it now in the month of January, but 40 is cold for Vegas in the desert. Hey, Michael, where I want to start with you, if you uh, don't mind, is um, seemingly Las Vegas knew about the uh, pending Carson, uh, Carson Wentz news prior to um, anybody releasing it on Twitter, etc. The line started to move when the rumors, and obviously it was more than a rumor because it's true, that Carson Wentz may not be able to answer the bell. Of course, we know he's unvaccinated. It was a big threat. But the Colts QB, when did you guys get that, noon, uh, that news and then begin to adjust accordingly? Yeah, it was about 30 minutes before they officially announced it. And we had started to... Uh see some money come in uh, on the Raiders, and then it became pretty widespread that Wentz was going on the COVID protocol and uh, got a little bit of ahead of it. But we got, you know, several several people got the Raiders at a favorable price uh, before we could move the number. How difficult has the last three weeks been for your guys' operators trying to just stay in front of the news? You got you know, so many different hats that you're trying to wear, and now on top of it, you're trying to become a – what a doctor and trying to figure out exactly what this all means. How difficult has it been for Matt and the rest of the crew back behind the desk there figuring out when to shift lines, when to take them off the board and when to reapply and what numbers to put them back when you do that? It's it's really difficult. And you'll see some books take the game off the board for days. We try not to do that because we want to take bets, but what you get is such wide spreads on the moves on these games where one team might be favored by, six or seven points and the game ends up the other team's favorite. And then, you know, when you look at a, a graph of your results, it's not that easy to understand them because there's so many numbers as the number moves, so many numbers in the, in the between those two that there's different results on. So you actually set yourself up to get, get hammered pretty good when you have to move a number that much. And who knows now with, you know, the CDC saying five days instead of 10, maybe some players are going to be back. Leagues are moving at different paces to adopt the new protocol. So it's, it's, there's never been more uncertainty in the bookmaking world. Yeah, I bet there has it. Mike Palm from Circus Sports is joining us. Mike, your Survivor Contest, it's so fun to watch from afar. Uh, the Chargers, I mean, who saw the Texans marching in and, and knocking off the Chargers the way that they did? I think you were down to nine survivors at that point. They had to feel like, you know what, this is a free pass to next week. They had to feel confident about that. And then to watch Houston do the number that they did, leaving what, Five players still alive in Circa Survivor? Yeah, that's right. We went from 16 heading into that two window, right? The, the Thursday, Saturday, and then the Sunday. Um, three got eliminated on the 49ers on Thursday night, and then four got eliminated on the Cardinals uh, on Christmas night, leaving us with nine, and four went down with the Chargers, which is not good for us is because a lot of the players are coming and hedging their pick uh, here at Circa. So we got really beat up on that Charger game because we had several of the guys, you know, take 20, 30, 50,000 on the money line on the Texans, which was plus 490. 
Oh, oh that's a, yeah. Well, that's Jeez. a way to hedge it, and that's what you have to do. Certainly when you get to this point in that kind of contest, you have to hedge and guarantee yourself a profit, and certainly very profitable with the Texans on the money line. Mike, uh, with that, I want to jump into the bowl games with you, and let's start with what we're going to see here this afternoon. Iowa State-Clemson. I saw yesterday you guys were Clemson minus one. Today it's minus two. Is that the news of Mike Rose being out for Iowa State, their outstanding linebacker, or are you just seeing a bunch of Clemson money coming in as we get closer and closer to kickoff? It's a combination. I mean, we were probably going to go to one and a half with the Rose news, and then we took a couple Clemson bets. I don't get, though, the move to the over in this game. I mean, I don't know. I think both teams are going to struggle to score points. Clemson has issues on the offensive line. No Brees Hall. I mean, do we really think Purdy is going to throw the ball all around the yard? against arguably the best defense this side of Athens, Georgia, in college football? I I don't know. I think this game is going to be a game played in the teens, maybe what we saw like the Houston-Auburn game or the Minnesota-West Virginia game last night. I I don't see many points. I love the under here today. Yeah, with the news, uh, the potential news, nothing official yet, but apparently Xavier Hutchinson, uh, their best wide receiver by a mile, he apparently had thumb surgery after the end of the regular season, and he's questionable whether he's going to be able to play today. So I think you're on to something there uh, with that low number. What about the Rose Bowl? What are you, what are you seeing, Mike? We, we're not knowing that you know Ohio State, they've got so many of these skilled guys that are going to the NFL. They're opting out. I think there are all three of the receivers. I know two of them are at this point. They've opted out. But what are you seeing on the, on the Rose Bowl? Because I know damn well Utah wants to be there. I don't – and think about what I'm saying. I'm not sure Ohio State wants to be uh, in the Rose Bowl. I know this means a lot to Utah. What kind of movement, what kind of action you seen on the granddaddy of them all? Well, it's been pretty balanced, actually, and we moved it down off the, uh, the wide receiver news uh, with two of them being out. But we're hearing, not confirmed, there may be more opt-outs for Ohio State. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if this game doesn't get below three by kickoff. I mean, I'm with you here. This is a game highly motivated by Utah. They're going to pack the stands. They'll travel well. Mm-hmm. You know, Ohio State wanted to be in the in the uh, in the playoffs and have so many guys looking towards uh, towards draft day and, and the workouts and things like that. I I'm on Utah. I took Utah plus six, and I might get some more of Utah here before it gets down below three. I think there's more big movement to come on this game. Looking forward to the Fiesta Bowl. Not sure how much I'll see of it, though, just because of game times. Notre Dame minus two, your alma mater against Oklahoma State. And the total may be worth a look here of 45. What do you like with the Fiesta Bowl? You know, every single person that works with me on VEASAN is on Notre Dame. Notre Dame minus two and a half, Notre Dame minus two, Notre Dame money line. So you know what that makes me do? Not bet the game. Because anytime (laughs) everybody gets... No, it's just, it's, it's, I mean, I can think of four or five occasions in the last few years where that's happened. And every spin baseball and football, basketball, when everybody's on one side, it always seems to go the other way. So I'm going to take a route for my alma mater here and, and lay off betting the game. Uh, we've got like 30 seconds before the music plays, Mike. Do you, what, what's your best play in the bowl game? What game do you feel most confident in? Is you the best? Yeah, I really, you know, and I'm not saying it just because of the importance. I think Michigan has a great chance to beat Georgia in this I game. I do too. And you can still get north of you know north of seven. You can get eight in some places here. I like Michigan a lot. I don't see them losing by more than a touchdown. In fact, I think they advance. I'm with you. Circus Sports, you can download in the App Store. They are in the state of Iowa. Uh, we are grateful that uh, we get you each and every week, Mike Palm. Happy New Year to you and the crew out there. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Mike Palm. Appreciate you coming on. 
Happy New Year to everyone in Iowa. Good to talk to you. Thank you. Mike Palm joining us. VP of Operations Circus Sports, downtown Las Vegas. Of course, you can download the app in the App Store. Fire away at Circus Sports here in Iowa. Clemson minus two right now at Circa. I'm looking at the line currently. The total in that game, 44 and a half. And I'm uh, on the same side as Mr. Palm. I am on the under of this game uh, right before he came on. So I already fired. So it was not any revisionist history, anything like that. All about it here. And you you can't see this game even being 27-24 or anything like that. I this thing says seventeen thirteen written all over it. Two really good defenses. Yeah, real good defenses. I I, I don't. I think Iowa State's going to struggle to score. I think Clemson's going to struggle to score. I think you're both on the right side of this one. We'll head to Chicago next. Our friend David Kaplan will kick off the second hour of the program. Uh, Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors Cappy, the voice of the Chiefs, coming up, and then we'll get back to Iowa State, Clemson. Maybe Dave will swing by, the owner here, um, at the the Chicken Coop. Ash Des Moines, 60th and Ashworth. That's where we are right up until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, hour two next, 106.3 KXNO.